This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks, and today we're going to talk about rocks or minerals. What's the difference? It's kind of a how-to guide. Hey, um, thanks for supporting our channel. We appreciate you listening to the um, our sponsor at the beginning. It helps us. It helps us to uh, build our channel and get the word out there and help support our hobby, rock hounding and lapidary. So let's get right into it. Um, just remember, this is, you know, um, be safe, and um, this is just for informational purposes only. All right? So with that, um, rocks or minerals, what's the difference? How do you tell? As a rock hound, and this is based, by the way, let me backtrack a little bit here. This is based on a blog um, that we put out today. Um, you can go there by going to Radical Rocks USA dot blogspot.com and all our social media and links are there if you're interested in that and we appreciate you subscribing to our channels so let's get right into it sorry about that as rockhound we love rocks and minerals but we often refer to our collections as rocks sometimes we say hey let's go kick some rocks or let's go fill our bucket up with some rocks or that's another rock but everything we see is not just rocks and I know I'm guilty, even the branding here is Radical Rocks. But truly, many of our most prized rocks are truly minerals. Now, if you're not a rock hound and you just stumbled across this article, hang on because we're going to attempt to set the matter straight in, in terms that a layperson should be able to understand. Rocks and minerals make up our world and everything that we use either comes from them or was planted in them or ate the plants that was planted in them. So you may not be a rock hound, but by default, you're still a rock and mineral collector of sorts. And that's because just about everything you need and use day to day relies on rocks and minerals, from the car you drive to the gas you put in it, to the food you eat that's farmed with equipment, the fertilizer, pesticides, even organic farmers use rocks and minerals. Your appliances, the equipment that makes your clothing, sometimes even the materials that grow in the ground. Buildings, streets, everything that we need to live, either directly or indirectly, just requires rocks and minerals. So rocks and minerals literally lay the groundwork for all of nature from the seas, to the mountains, to the desert. The rocks and minerals allow for a wide variety of environments and animals to live and reproduce. Learning about rocks and minerals can, can create and improve on the following things, and probably more, math, chemistry, science, geology, crystal formation, and more. And the beauty of rocks and minerals in itself is a good enough reason to want to learn the difference between rocks and minerals. So what are rocks? There's three types of rocks that are classified as, and I'm going to apologize for anything I mispronounce, igneous, metamorphic, and sedimentary. So we're going to look at each. First of all, igneous rocks come from lava and magma, and they include rocks such as granite, obsidian, basalt, and pumice. And the second class was the sedimentary the sedimentary rocks are formed from the depths of pre-existing rocks or minerals, even the skeletal remains of once-living microorganisms. These materials settled and built up and became compressed and compacted, and they consolidate. 
These types of sedimentary rocks include sandstones, shale, limestones, conquina, and castile. And then thirdly, we have metamorphic. Metamorphic rocks are formed when high temperature and high pressure act on a rock and alter its physical and chemical properties. Metamorphic rocks include fulite, soapstone, uh, Guinness, um, quartzite, marble, and schist. So what are minerals? Get into minerals a little bit here. A mineral is a solid that can be made of a single element or compound. It's formed naturally by the geological process and must have the five following characteristics. One, it's got to be natural, naturally occurring, not a man-made substance. Second, definite chemical composition. And this definite chemical composition is the same everywhere the mineral occurs. Third, it's got to be inorganic, not living or from plants or animals. Fourth, it's got to be a solid at room temperature, excepting for mercury. Okay, um, It's got to be ordered internal. It has to have ordered internal structure, which usually forms um, crystals. So lots and lots of minerals at this time have been identified and named as minerals, about 5,400 minerals. 200 of them are fairly common, and of those 20, they're very common. Here, here are a few of the very common ones. Quartz, feldspar, mica, talc, uh, olivine, calcite, and amphoids, am amphiboles. So some clues. So we're going to do a little bit of Sherlock Holmes here rock or mineral clues. Rocks are made up of one or more minerals or broken pieces of rock. Minerals are made up of elements and compounds. So you can see how the two are different. Now next, rocks may include organic remains, but minerals contain no organic material. And then lastly, we can compare rocks form the solids crust as the earth, where minerals make up earth's rocks and sand and important components of soils. So there are some tests that we can do to identify our rocks and minerals. So this is written as a basic guide on the difference between rocks and minerals, not an in-depth study, you know, where you have to be a scientist, and just basic information on physical testing that can help you in the field identify some rocks and minerals. We suggest you dig in and study this further, pun intended. A good field guide will be used um, by you to test some of the different things that you can look for as described below. And at the bottom of the blog, again, it's radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. You can go there and you, there's links at the bottom of that blog, the one on rocks and minerals, what's the difference, how-to guide, and you can look at the different links. And there's some websites that have information. There's some book suggestions, things like that, that you can look at, okay? So first off, hardness. Hardness is what we're looking for. Minerals and rocks vary in their hardness as represented by the Mohs hardness scale. One is the softest, 10 is the hardness. So one is like talc, like talcum powder. It's very soft. Second is uh, gypsum. Third is calcite. Fourth is fluoride. Um, fifth is apatite. Six is feldspar, seven is quartz, 
8 is topaz, which is starting to get harder and harder now, and then 9 is corundum, like rubies, and then 10 is diamonds. So you can see these varying scales. Okay, so some points of reference, and this is something you might want. You might want to print out our blog for this part of it. 2.5 hardness is your fingernail. 3 is a copper penny, which would be 1981 or before, because the newer pennies are mixed with zinc. I'm not sure the hardness of those. 5.5 is the hardness of a pocket blade with normal hardened steel, not the fancy cream ink or any of that. 7 is the sharp point of a piece of quartz. So with these indicators that you can get very easily, you can narrow the hardness of the rock or mineral as seen from testing with those items. For example, if you found something, you think it's agate. Usually agate is about 6.5 to 7 on the hardness scale. You can scratch test it with your pocket knife. If it scratches a groove into the rock, then it's probably not going to be agate. It's probably going to be something softer. However, if you see a silver to gray line on the rock where you scratched it, this probably means the rock or the mineral is harder than your pocket knife, and the knife has worn a little bit of itself onto the rock. This could be possibly agate. So that's just an indication of one of the ways you can test through hardness. Now the streak test is done by rubbing your material on a piece of unglazed porcelain, just like the back of an old piece of tile. That will work. Then you look at the color. This can also help identify a rock or mineral in the field guide. The actual color, the color of the actual rock that you hold in your hand, not the streak. The streak can sometimes be color than the act, different color than the actual rock. But the actual colors can be an indication of what your mineral is. And then cleavage. Not that kind of cleavage. It has to do with the tendency of a rock or mineral that is the way it breaks and forms in a certain direction. And I don't mean like breaks with a hammer. I mean the way that it forms. So think of crystals for this visual test. It looks like a cube. That means its cleavage is a cube and so on. Some examples of this are orthorhombic rhombic cube orth, orthodrol. And a good field guide will have all these different shapes for you. And I'm going to add some of those suggestions at the bottom of the blog if you look it up. Next indicator is luster. This is how the reflection of light is on the surface of your rocks or minerals. Some examples are silky, greasy, sparkling, metallic, glassy, pearly. You know, could be dull, could be, um, you know, all these different uh, examples of luster. Now the fracture. This is how the rock actually breaks apart. If you smack it with something, it's going to have a tendency to break apart a certain way. Now if you use a hammer, always use your face and eye shield because rock hounds don't look good with a tooth missing or an eye injury, right? Some examples of fracture is hacky, uneven, even, or um, con concaudal which I'm probably saying that wrong, but that's kind of like how a piece of glass can break. Kind of curved and, and, and uh, smooth, okay? Now another one that you can look up rocks, maybe not in the field, is specific gravity. But sometimes this is a way of narrowing down when you get between a couple of tough choices of what it could be. Specific gravity, you just simply weigh something on a beam in the air, and you get the exact weight. Then you weigh the same sample, but you suspend it in water. 
you take the weight of the air reading and divide it by the difference between the weight in the air and the weight in the water and that gives you your specific gravity and your field guide should give you tips on this. Finally there's chemical tests that can be done as well. There's flame tests that can be done that sometimes go along with these chemical tests if you want to take it to that level. I've included a link to a website again in the blog that has a flow chart and a guide to identify common rocks or minerals. So now you'll be able to you know correct your rock hounding partner if they don't know the difference between rocks and minerals. Alright? You could send them here. Now guys I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast and um, just want to encourage you to look at our social media. Again, go to our blog. It's radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. You can see us on Twitter. You can see us on LinkedIn. Um, we've got a YouTube channel up and coming. We're trying to keep our rock hounding alive and well and create interest in gems and minerals and rock hounding and lapidary. So feel free to Contact me with any suggestions on this blog or any other ideas you might have. If you would like to sponsor in some way, if you have a club, a book, a mine, a story, anything like that, um, just contact me at Radical Rocks on any of our links. With that, remember, old rock hounds don't die, they petrify. <laughs>